nuclear proliferation, global pandemic, famine, environmental genocide, war. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point, where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Welcome to 2022. Thank you for being a friend. I, I thought we'd start out the year here on the IP Frequently podcast with me thanking you for being a friend, just making sure everything's okay. I see you here in the studio. You look all right. You look like you've got signs of life, but I just want just to make sure by playing that little ditty for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you looking out for me as you typically do at the start of every new year. And I would like to return the favor by thanking you for being my friend. I look forward to another year of our friendship and co-podcastery. Co-podcastery. Well, we've got a new year here in the studio, a, a, a new look, as you can see, fresh new paint, some wallpaper, a lot of wood, a lot of wood paneling. The studio audience is excited, a little tired from the, uh, the holidays. Everyone has been tested for the Omicron variant, and I can assure you that it only about 30% have um, tested positive. They have been allowed to stay unmasked in the studio audience given the CDC's most recent guidance. So um, sort of tested, just shook it up a little bit and then sat everyone down in their assigned seats. Yeah, and those folks that are with us and suffering from the Omicron, as you can imagine, have a runny nose. Uh, they are feeling slightly under the weather but fully capable as one typically does with a head cold. Correct. And we are handing out hankies and um, the, the the Kleenex as well, if anyone needs them. Also, we're going to have a variety of cocktails, including a make your own Rob Roy competition after the show. So you want to stick around for that one. Um, of course, this is IP Frequently. David Pridham here with L. Bradley Sheaf. Um, here in 2022, uh, our, our, actually our second big episode of 2022, but we've sort of taken down the, um, the tinsel, the mistletoe, the, uh, various, uh, Santa, um, uh, ornaments and decorations that adorn the studio. And now we are all business and we're here to do what we do best, teach you how to make your business better. And we're doing that on IP frequently. You can learn more about us on our uh, Twitter feed at, at IP frequently, also Instagram at IP underscore frequently. You can follow us and play games along with the cast and crew. Now we're back in the straight swing of things. David and I have been back at the helm of our small business now for the better part of a week. And uh, 
you know, trying to just get everyone refocused on what we're looking for next year. We would very much like to get our federal government refocused on what we're looking for this year, buddy. But that may be a task that's slightly larger than even you or I could legitimately tackle. I think that's I think that's exactly exactly right. So what we do at the beginning of the show here is we focus on the big issues, not the the, the federal government and, and various tax schemes that they're trying to implement, not AOC and her trip to Miami for the new year. Um, but really the two big news items of the week that small business owners everywhere have to be ready for. This is one, it's what we call a get your pen out moment and write this down. That's what we like to tell people, write these things down because during the week you're going to encounter them, make flashcards if you have to, practice with your spouse or your significant other or you know, insert uh, pronoun of choice here, um, but practice for the water cooler because you know one of two things is certain. One, you're going to get the uh, Omicron variant at some point. You probably have it now. And two, you're going to want to talk about these items. You're going to want to talk about them with everyone you encounter. Let's not keep people in suspense. Number one, Brad, the big item, one of our favorite uh, people uh, of all time, the great Betty White has passed away. What, what are your thoughts? I know you knew her personally. Um, what, what are your thoughts there? Well, I, 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 I didn't actually know her personally. I think like most Americans, I felt like I knew her personally because she had been a part of our culture and a part of our lives. It, it's a little bittersweet. I mean, obviously you miss the talent, you miss all of the, the things that, that Betty White stood for in terms of kind of being America's sweetheart and America's comedian. Um, but I'm sure that she was ready to go. I'm, I'm not certain that having lived through what she'd lived through, having seen America's greatest generation, et cetera, that she could have been overly thrilled with where the country was heading currently. And so my guess is uh, that she was not overly disappointed to see her run come to an end. Uh, next, Brad, the next big news item of the week that everyone needs to know about. Uh, obviously, this past week, we had the anniversary of January 6th. Of course, uh, you know that is the worst insurrection since the overthrow of the Shah of Iran by the Ayatollah Khomeini. I think it was the worst um, insurrection since Eve ate the apple. Is what it has, it's, at least that's how it's been described to me. I believe so. And of course, um, many in our audience and around the world are still horrified every time they see the images of that man in that Yeti hat walking through the uh, hallowed hallways of our U.S. Capitol, where great statesmen like John Forbes Kerry once roamed, where Chuck Schumer, Schumer rules with an iron fist, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Brad AOC, and of course, uh, of course, we can't do anything to take those images out of your head, right? We can't shake the etch sketch unless you want to, you know, go for one of those, you know, procedures, which never really turns out well for anyone. Um, but what we can do is assure you those in our studio audience, that the Congress is getting to the bottom of it. The January 6th special committee is uh, now uh, talking about televised primetime hearings where they're going to bring light on this insurrection and make sure, Brad, that it never happens again. Well, I mean, one of the things I find odd about said insurrection is that the man wearing the Yeti costume and painted face and just yelling generally unintelligible sounds at the top of his lungs was not the biggest jackass in the building on that day. 
I mean, stop and think about that. I mean, that is, you know, when you think about the fact that that is the seat of our legislature, the fact that a man dressed as a woodland creature, painting his face and yelling at the top of his lungs was not the biggest jackass in the building, should be what's being investigated. But of course, it is not. Instead, what is being investigated is the greatest insurrection since Eve ate the apple. Listen, we're going to get to the bottom of it. I can assure you that our, um, you know, our government is uh, on this. Um, of course, Liz Cheney, um, Adam Schiff, um, they're all part of this committee. And, and we'll get to the bottom of this. And, and listen, no stone is going to be left unturned at this point. Unless it's in plain sight and clearly relevant to the bottom line of the well, correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if it's going to have any sort of impact outside of the predetermined narrative, we'll go ahead and leave that alone. But other than that, we'll leave no stone unturned, no yeti hat uninspected. Uh, we, as you say, buddy, we'll get we'll get to the bottom of this, and then I think we'll be in a position, if we're lucky, for democracy to move forward. Yeah, I mean, we have to keep our fingers crossed and we have to trust our leaders to do the right thing. And Brad, I think we're on the, we're on the right track there. One of my resolutions, as you know, is to be more trusting. And this is it. I am, uh, I am, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm putting my faith in the um, great leaders of our country. Um, you know, shift, shift, shift. Yeah, there's a lot of F's shift. in there. It has no P I don't think, but there's shift. a substantial number of F's and perhaps a pH at the very end. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Um, but uh, I will say also, Brad, a couple of other news items of the week that we are going to add um, for uh, purposes of getting people additional information. First, your 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 Washington football team will have a new name coming in February. We can't say Redskins anymore. That has been barred by the league, so they're no longer the Washington Redskins. Um, but uh, who they are is um, obviously very important to you. So, uh, you know, I think what we need to recognize here is that the new name is going to be sensitive um, and, and, and help sort of heal some of the wounds that were laid by the people that named the team the Washington Redskins. They're going to be the snowflakes, the Washington snowflakes, perhaps? Listen, I'm I'm not exactly 100% sure, not 100%, but uh, you know, we'll 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 see. We're going to certainly see. Um, that would make me feel better. We're going to make people comfortable, right? Comfortable, comfort. That's, that, that, that's what's about. important. Yeah, that's, that's what's exactly important. Right. So that's big news. And then finally, um, gal pal to uh, Jeffrey Epstein, right? Jelaine Maxwell guilty, found guilty of uh, pretty much everything she was charged with, including. Uh, procuring underage women for Prince Andrew um, of the royal family fame. Well, buddy, my suspicion is that justice was done there with respect to Miss Maxwell, and hopefully justice will be done with respect to the good prince as well. It will be interesting to see how far the you know sort of ripples work their way out in the pond here as the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing continues to play itself out. I mean, think justice was certainly served in his case. Uh, now it looks like justice has been served in this gal's case. And let's just hope that it keeps moving in the general direction of Prince Andrew and others who seem to have, you know, very little scruples when it comes to their personal behavior. Well, what's really amazing with the whole Prince Andrew thing and, and, and with this Jelaine Maxwell 
is the number of photographs that come up with famous people where she's just like in the background smiling. I mean, there's the one of Prince Andrew with the woman that he is accused of um, raping. Right. And this woman's just right behind in the photo. And then there's Hillary and Bill Clinton at their daughter's wedding where Jelaine Maxwell's there on the aisle and primetime seating. They didn't even invite Trump. Trump wasn't even invited to that thing. But she was she was invited. And then, you know, you'll see pictures of her with Prince Charles and Princess, pictures of her with various other celebrities. And, um, and and it's just remarkable how these photos keep coming out. And especially, as you know, this is a very um, vulnerable position the monarchy is in right now in Great Britain. And you and I have talked about this at length. I mean, Prince Philip passed away. I mean, just a tragic, um, tragic thing. Uh, he's gone. And, you know, Queen Elizabeth obviously is celebrating like 105 years on the throne now. And this could upend the entire royal family. This this um, scandal with um, the prince, Prince Andrew, right, the prince, right, 15th in line to the throne. I mean, that's a problem. Well, if he's 15th in line to the throne, he's like the Omicron in line to the throne because i believe that's the 15th letter of the greek alphabet so he's if you if you count all those in line for the throne by the greek alphabet prince andrew would be not ironically i might add the omicron of the royal family yeah he seems more like a delta if you ask me but uh conspiracy i think not yeah, that's 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 it. So we'll have to continue to monitor that. Obviously, the reputation of the royal family is uh, right at the top of our list of things that we want to preserve here in 2022. We're going to keep an eye on that. Hopefully, Prince Andrew will get that case dismissed. Brad, did I tell you that um, we've got a um, a member of our extended family, right? Extended family um, who is dating a new person. I can't really say the names cause it'll give it away. And they all listen to the big program here. Um, but they don't celebrate any pagan holidays. They don't celebrate any pagan holidays. Well, that, that correct. That could be unfortunate. Like, do you have a, for instance? Well, I mean, certainly president's day, groundhog day would be off the table. Birthdays, all, all this stuff. Um, uh, maybe the Feast of the Assumption would be safe. Maybe it wouldn't be. I don't know. Um, but so far, Christmas was off the table. Ah, yes. The pagan holiday of celebrating the birth of Jesus. Yeah, exactly. I think they look at it as if it's some sort of a um, more, more of a commercial holiday about the man in the red suit. Um, I guess it is what you what you make it right. Uh, that's that's a fact. But yeah, so they don't celebrate any pagan holidays. Now, they did, they did celebrate their own birthday, uh, birthdays. So that obviously is not a pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, they seem to have a good time at. But, uh, yeah, just, just thought I'd bring that up. I mean, it's, it seems kind of odd to me. Well, I, I think it is odd. I mean, I certainly understand there are people who take umbrage with the fact that that the Christmas holiday during which those who currently celebrate Christmas are celebrating the birth of Jesus was in fact founded upon an original, uh, you know, I guess pagan, you know, more Roman than which could certainly be considered pagan holiday. But you know, we sort of compromised that we we co-opted it and brought it over to make it a a celebration of the birth of Jesus. And so, I guess if you want to get all hung up on its dim, dark history and refuse to celebrate it, then you know what I say? I say fine because that leaves more room 
for those of us who don't want to get wrapped around the axle of inconsequential and, ir and just completely non-relevant detail. It leaves more room for us to celebrate the holiday ourselves, which you and I did, I thought, in excellent fashion. Yeah, we, we, we did. We had to go. We decked the halls, so to speak. We did. And we donned um, our gay apparel. We had a good we had a good time. We were over the uh, river and through the woods, so to speak. But, yeah, I, I just thought I'd mention that. And look, we'll keep you all posted on that. I'm trying to figure out if I can get a list of pagan holidays so I know where I have to sort of watch myself. Um, but again, we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see, play it by ear. But I wanted to I wanted to sort of introduce this issue that's obviously percolating in the background. It's not as important, Brad, as the asteroid grinning towards Earth or JFK Jr. coming back to greet the QAnon folks who are still in Dealey Plaza. Um, but it's important. Well, and when you make your list and you talk to this extended family member of yours, make sure to distinguish between pagan in the sense of, uh, you know, the, the religious notion and the pagans, the motorcycle gang, because those are two separate sets of holidays that are celebrated by both of those sets of people. And so my assumption is that they're using the term pagan in reference to the religious practice as opposed to the motorcycle gang. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's something we've got to we've got to uncover. Maybe you and I can get with uh, some of these audience members when we do our make your own Rob Roy contest after the show and try to figure it out. It seems like the perfect time to do it. There's really not a lot that goes into making a Rob Roy. It's my understanding. I think it's scotch and vermouth. I think it may, maybe some bitters. There's a lot of bitters going around in those old school cocktails. So I think my point in saying that is that. You should be able to make a Rob Roy and discuss paganism at the same time. Do you muddle fruit? Am I, am I getting too technical? Are we going to muddle fruit? I, I, I don't fast? believe there's any fruit muddled in a Rob Roy. As I said, I think it's scotch and vermouth, probably bitters. There's going to be a garnish, my friend. I mean, it's a cocktail. We're gentlemen. There's going to be a garnish. I'm not sure yeah. what that should be. Uh, but I don't believe there's any muddling required. Meddling, perhaps but not muddling. And this is where, you know, the proper enunciation of your vowels uh, becomes important. Well, we'll have to get this um, going uh, quickly after the show. Of course, we're providing designated drivers. I've got a Mercedes Sprinter van with the official driver of the IP frequently broadcast in tow. Uh, so he'll be taking everyone to their home or to the airport or to the emergency room after the uh, Rob Roy contest. So we'll see how that goes. We'll update everyone on the feed so that you can see it um, for yourself uh, on the InstaFace, on the Twitter. Um, but for now, we can move on, Brad, to COVID Corner. Uh, first, Brad, COVID Corner, we have had the Delta variant. We've had the Omicron variant. Now we have Fluorona which is a combination of the flu and corona. And it now looks like um, the uh, initial cases of flu-rona are starting to sweep the, um, the, the, the country. It's a co-infection of flu and coronavirus. And uh, the first case was detected in California uh, a couple of weeks ago. And now there are several more cases in California. But Brad, do you think... For the folks out there who are taking notes, and we assume everyone is, um, and are trying to figure out their way to navigate around the coronavirus as they've had to shut down their office for a year and a half, pay their lease, pay their employees, lose tons of money, 
do do you think that um, this is something that people should think about in terms of the same level as COVID? Should we take another 15 days or two years to stop the spread? Uh, should we start isolating kids? What, what do you think the best move here is? But in my understanding, and I've looked at the CDC's guidance on this, my understanding is that if you've had your eighth booster, so now that's 10 shots, if you're scoring at home, your, your two initial shots, and now your eighth booster, and you've had at least one in every limb, so one in your right arm, one in your left arm, one in your leg, right leg, one in your left leg, and one in each cheek of your ass, that fluorona is not going to be a problem. You're gonna ride it out, you're gonna be fine. It's not going to be a winter of disease and death. But if you haven't yet had time to go out and get your eighth booster, then it could be a problem. Now, a lot of people would look at this and say, well, why don't we just do what we did for millions of years? And if we don't feel good, we just stay home until we do feel good. Now, a lot of people would say that, but that's just denial. That's just putting your head in the sand. That's just not following the science. You need to go out and get that eighth booster. Then what you do after you've had it is you stay at home until you feel better and then you go back to work. So, you know, I think that's got to be the official IP frequently approach to the flu Rona. I think that's I think that's probably spot on. I think knowing our government, it'll probably take a different tact. But uh, look, there are some things that are happening that are, I guess, positive. Uh, the CDC has now said that the quarantine period of isolation for people who test positive for COVID is now down from 10 days to five. Um, and have also said that people who are in that quarantine do not need a negative test to leave after that period of time. So it seems like, Brad, the uh, the government is starting to transition away from some of the more draconian rules and into a more common sense approach to um, treat uh, these uh, folks who are uh, infected, many asymptomatic infections too, of the um, new Omicron variant. Well, the vast majority asymptomatic or symptoms so mild that you would just assume that you had a cold, which in fact you do. And that is what is wrong with you is you have a cold that is caused by the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. So again, but I, I cannot wait for this transition, which was inevitable to continue its march towards everyone just going back and saying, well, if you feel sick, stay home, do reasonable things, wash your hands, cover your mouth when you sneeze, blow your nose into a tissue, all those things that we've always known how to do and didn't require the shutting down of global economies, the complete effing up of supply chains, the ruination of any number of folks' lives, the giant hole in the educational process of a whole generation of our children. It didn't require any of that. Right? It just required a common sense approach, which as you point out, even the CDC is at this point effectively saying, hey, just take a common sense approach to having a cold. And you know, for yeah. the love of God, if, if you firmly believe that there is something wrong with the vaccine, that you are likely to do yourself more harm than good by getting, then don't get it. This is America, right? I firmly believe that if that's how you feel, you shouldn't have to get it. But if you don't, 
right? If you are a, a, not a strict anti-vaxxer and you don't want to get si significantly ill from this virus or the flu or shingles or pneumonia or polio or measles, mumps, and rubella or any other significant disease that we have been able to mitigate with a vaccine, go and get the ever-loving vaccine. Now, I, I, I got to tell you, if personally, I'm not buying into this whole, we're just going to keep boosting ourselves until things get better approach. But you know what? The vaccine, probably not a bad idea. You got it. I got it. We're both still here. We're middle-aged dudes. We're fine. Yeah. And the good thing, Brad, is with the vaccine, you and I now have the peace of mind knowing that the government can track us no matter where we go. So um, we really can't get into any more trouble and no one can really hurt us. No, I kind of like it. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, people can find me wherever I am. I mean, Lord knows that they wouldn't be able to use the cell phone that I constantly have with me for something like that. It's best that they use a vaccine for that purpose. Yeah, listen, I, um, I I think that's exactly right. I feel good about it. I like the fact that the government can track me wherever I go. And so I'm planning on continuing to boost until, you know, there's no room left to put microchips into my arm. Uh, next, Brad, as part of the COVID corner, we always try to monitor how companies are dealing with um, the obvious life changes that have to go on given the, um, the reality of COVID. And so we have um, a company out there. I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but I have a, a new Zoom meeting protocol from this company, which will not be named Facebook. And um, I'm going to read it to you, if that's okay. Uh, team, I'm writing uh, you all today to inform you of a new protocol for our staff Zoom meetings. Moving forward, everyone will be required to wear a mask during our online Zoom meetings. Uh, one of our team members has a fear of unmasked people, and I want to make sure that everyone feels safe and comfortable and included in our Zoom meeting. This requirement is effective immediately. Best Ashley, and the rest of her name has been scratched out of this Facebook internal uh, email. Um, but uh, Brad, this is the type of uh, sort of creative thinking that um, small businesses crave, right? These new and innovative ways to um, treat your employees with dignity and respect um, to make everyone feel comfortable. Uh, what, do, what do you think? Is this something we should roll out at our business or, or, or is it something you would recommend a friend do at theirs? But yeah, you know, it's hard to say. I myself have had a fear of unmasked people. That's why as a child, I always enjoyed the Lone Ranger as much as I did. I enjoyed the movie Halloween, Friday the 13th. They made me feel comfortable because the main characters were all wearing masks. Obviously, The Count of Monte Cristo was one of my favorite books. So I can kind of commiserate with what Ashley is trying to do there on behalf of her startled and frightened team member. But I, I do think at some point we have to ask ourselves, where will we draw what I like to refer to as the lunatic line? It has the a benefit of there being a little alliteration there. The lunatic line where you say, look, you are a lunatic and I am not going to do what you have asked me to do. I'm not going to tell you, you can't do it. You are entitled to never attend a Zoom meeting again if the sight of a human being's face now frightens you. But I am not going to subject myself 
or any others who choose to be on the rational side of the lunatic line with your particular brand of lunacy. I mean, that's one of the things that, that I, you know, I'm starting to get more than a little fed up with, and I don't think I'm alone, are the number of people who have used the pandemic or the existence of coronavirus or any number of other hot button issues to say, well, my belief is X and therefore everyone else has to comport with X. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. In this country, you get to say my belief is X, but then you have to put a period there because the guy standing next to you gets to believe the contrary. That's how we do it here. And so just because you are suddenly startled by the sight of a human being's face, guess what? That's fine. You get to do that. Congratulations. You were born into a free country. You can choose not to attend Zoom meetings where human faces are visible, but you cannot put your particular brand of lunacy on everyone else. And so I would say shame on Ashley for not having pulled her teammate aside and said, listen, you're a lunatic. You stand over there. If you don't want to turn on the video of everyone else's human face on the Zoom, don't. Luckily, technology allows for that. So you stay over there on your side of the lunatic line, but the rest of us team members are going to stay over here. Unfortunately, that's not the way businesses like Facebook run, and those are the cracks in their foundation that will eventually be their downfall. For the average small business owner, human faces are good things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would think that there would also be technology that could deal with it, maybe um, could put a Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers mask on everyone else so that this unnamed person who's concerned could somehow get some peace and uh, peace and comfort. I mean, that certainly would be, I think, the optimal way to go. I do agree that this person seems to be somewhat of a lunatic. I can tell you that I didn't like it. I didn't like it when Jason Voorhees took his mask off in the Friday the 13th films. I didn't like that. Yeah, no, no, so I would bad. prefer he keep it on. But also, I mean, remember the great Jerry Cheevers, the goalie, he had those masks. Uh, Tony oh, Esposito, yeah. you, you wanted them to keep the mask on because when they yeah. took them off, you saw the broken teeth and the, 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 you know, the little punch drunk look in there. It just wasn't, it wasn't what you were looking for, if that makes sense. Uh, anyway, Brad, that's it for COVID Corner. JFK update, we promised we'd give that every week. Um, as I said, there are still QAnon members uh, who are just um, uh, skipping around Dealey Plaza. Um, they're just sort of lingering in the shadows, so to speak, um, waiting for this conspiracy to be over and JFK Jr. to emerge. Um, and the update there, Brad, is that uh, he has not returned yet. And in fact, uh, there has really been no change other than the fact that it's very cold there now. Well, you know what? But again, they can stand on their side of the lunatic line. And the thing that I applaud about them is they don't appear to be demanding everyone else come over onto their side of that line. Look, if you happen to be one of these QAnon folks and you think RFK or JFK or, or, or frankly, any FK is coming back, and that somehow relates to Trump, and that's going to result in his continued presidency, then I encourage you to head for Dealey Plaza. Uh, but my suggestion is that you rethink that. Uh, this week, Brad, a broadcasting legend, the late, great John Madden, 
has uh, has passed away. Hall of Fame coach, um, uh, Hall of Fame uh, broadcaster Pat Summerall and uh, John Madden covered some of the most important games of our uh, what we call salad days. And um, uh, John Madden going to be missed. What a personality! Oh yeah, he was great. And then for those of you that are old enough to remember what watching football was like pre and post John Madden being in the booth, then, you know, it was just night and day different. I mean, the, the, the personalities in the booth, the, the sound effects that Madden used to make uh, the way he would doodle on the screen. I mean, all of that, that we're now hundred percent used to all of the, you know, the, the various graphics on the screen, all of that arose from having John Madden in the booth he brought the game of football, of, of professional football, to the common man. And, of course, he will be sorely missed. And I, what I remember most about Madden is the, um, well, two things. One, the great, I mean, there were so many great Miller Lite commercials oh, with yeah. John Madden back in the day. Just just terrific commercials. I encourage people to go look them up. We'll maybe put some out on the, uh, on the Twitter feed or the Instagram. But uh, also... Him and Pat Summerall were the, the the big team on CBS, and CBS always covered the NFC games back before the football uh, world changed a little bit with Fox coming in. Um, but Madden and Summerall were a perfect team because Summerall had this you know drawl about him and very very um, professional, and uh, he um, and he was also. A, Summerall was a big time drinker, I guess. So he'd go out and just get hammered. And then, you know, he'd, he'd have, he'd have rough um, days in the studio, but Madden was great. Cause Madden was like, you know, a type personality. And he was just up in the, up in the screen, he's diagramming these plays and going crazy. And whenever CBS would have a promo for their TV shows during the Sunday games, they would always promote their Sunday night lineup, which was always 60 minutes murder she wrote and then some movie and so i guess on one of these episodes and you can look this up on, on youtube it's a funny bit um he told madden he made a bet with madden about how long he could pause between murder she wrote right murder comma she wrote it's an angela lansbury classic brad and i watched it every week when we were young it's where this author would solve uh, mysteries in maine do what you're doing here Let's see what you're doing. Yeah, see, that pause longer than the pause uh, that Madden bet Summerall on. That's the question. Well, it it, it was close, but it, it it you know you get Summerall is like okay, first we get 60 minutes, and then we've got uh, a new episode of Murder. She wrote, and and you hear in the background Madden laughing, like hysterically <laughs> laughing, and then you hear, and then and then Summerall says <laughs> says, and then after after that we've got our CBS. Sunday night movie, part one of Gone with the Wind. And you hear Madden just erupt in the background with laughter. And this is during some late 80s playoff game, um, but uh, just hysterical. And I mean, you don't have that anymore. You have these program people who are all, all you know, woke and everyone has to be um, a, a certain type. And, and you see all these crazy commercials now during the football games. It's not like it used to be where you could have a little bit of fun like that. They, they they would probably be barter banned for doing that today, which is unfortunate. But really, really sad news. Really good, uh, um, really good announcer going to be missed. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny. I, I have a nephew who is 11 years old, and 
I had to explain to him, we happened to be visiting, he's my sister's kid, we happened to be visiting over the, the New Year's holiday, that you know Madden had been an announcer for live football games. A kid loves football and he plays Madden football all the time. But that's what he thought John Madden was famous for, was for you know being the name and the face of the video game football. Had no idea that Madden was a, you know, had, had actually broadcast live games and had changed the way that was done. So that was kind of an amusing conversation that also made me feel very old. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's too bad, but uh, um, you know, he made money on the game. So that's, that's a, I guess that's a, a good thing. Uh, next on RIP report equally missed Brad will be the great late Senator Harry Reed from uh, Nevada. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say more people will miss John Madden. Well, I mean, you can say that, but of course, a progressive lion of the Senate, a lion of the Senate, Brad, really good uh, lion of the Senate. Did you say lying to the Senate or or lying? I think he did. No, I think he did some of that too. I think you're, well, I think you're spot on there. Mean, I think these you are. Things happen. These things happen. You are spot on there. Uh, next, Brad, we will go to um, the woke report. That's where we talk about all things woke and try to make sense of them and translate them. Because again, sometimes people don't understand, um, and uh, we try to help our listeners understand some of the woke occurrences that are happening out there that need translation. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, this this week, Brad, we have a very exciting um, birth. Um, actually, it happened uh, a few weeks ago. This lovely transgender man, Bennett Casper Williams, during a C-section, gave birth to a healthy baby boy with his with his husband Malik. And uh, listen, this is this happens every day. Transgender man gives birth, um, but he is suing the hospital. Right, B- Bennett Casper Williams is upset um, because the nurses called him mom during the procedure and, well, and after I mean, the you can so, see where that, that, uh, you know, slip up might've been made, you know, by a nurse who has probably attended the births of, you know, depending on her tenure in nursedom, you know, dozens <laughs> to hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands of children. And, you know, obviously erroneously grown, grown used to calling the people from which those children emerge mom uh, you know, I mean, just shame on that nurse for not having recognized the inappropriateness of such a title. Plus, I mean, who wants to be called mom, right? I mean, that is, it's obviously a pejorative, right? I mean, when yeah. someone says, hey, mom, I mean, you know what they mean by that. They intend to cause offense. They intend for you to feel bad about yourself. So it's clearly the kind of thing that one, you, you can't expect a nurse to do. I mean, why in the world would a labor and delivery nurse call anyone who produced a child mom? Secondly, I mean, who uses words like mom? I mean, it's just, a, you know, I mean, it's such a crass, foul thing to call someone. And then, you know, imagine the damages this person must have experienced having been called a thing like mom, having just produced a child via C-section that I presume this person needed in order to protect their own health and the health of their child, and then to have someone just look at them and say something like, hey, congratulations, mom. I mean, just it's just un, it's just unconscionable. So, you know, I, my, my very best uh, to this person and their uh, and their lawsuit. 
but I, I do think that this sort of gets to the mask thing we talked about earlier. You can't automatically assume, Brad, that when you put someone in stirrups and they start the delivery process, that that's a woman. <laughs> well, no, I mean, who makes an assumption like that? I mean, you know, a- any rational person staring at a vagina would not associate that with any particular. I know I wouldn't. I know the first thing I would be thinking is, I wonder if this vagina belongs to a man or a woman. I mean, I think that would be the first thing going through my head. And so hopefully, you know, somewhere there, a right thinking person had a whiteboard with the quote, this vagina belongs to, and then a colon and then a blank into which you could put a man or a woman or potentially even non-binary, which would then help me to understand exactly how I was to refer to this person bearing said vagina. If as you walk down the street, you see a vagina, it belongs to a woman. Okay, so don't don't confuse yourself. Don't get wrapped around the axle. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Just move on, secure in that knowledge. Now, it doesn't mean that the woman possessing that vagina will admit to being a woman because we've opened the door for, for that person to claim to be whatever they want to be, regardless of what the truth actually is. Okay, we've done that. And we're going to have to live with that. Uh, but you can move on secure in the knowledge that reality has not budged, right? You can, in the immortal words of Rush, you can twist perception, but reality will not budge. I think that's, I think that's exactly right. Rush Limbaugh was exactly on point there. We'll be continuing to report on this. And again, the unvarnished truth is what you get from us. Next, Brad, we have an update on the um, uh, asteroid uh, that is careening towards the planet Earth. Of course, late in 2021, this asteroid came to light. Brad and I saw it on a trip up uh, north to see the Northern Lights. Um, It uh, continues, Brad, to careen towards Earth. So I guess you could say that we've sort of turned the page on 2021 to 2022. um, But uh, for, for all the things that change, some things remain the same. Yeah, but it's hard to turn a page on an asteroid, right? I mean, that's not something you can just casually ignore. But as we've said repeatedly on this program, we're confident in the DART effort being made by NASA, that that will go ahead and, you know, nudge or like a chip block. It's just going to knock that asteroid off of its route. And it's going to wind up, you know, with a, uh, a, a near miss, certainly, but a miss planet Earth, which is a good thing because we want to be able to continue the progress we're making um, with pandemics and gender identity. We would hate for yeah, an I mean, unfor- to wipe any of that out. Yeah, unfortunately, Betty White does not have to uh, be around to see whether the asteroid does careen with Earth or whether um, uh, Bennett Casper Williams is successful in his campaign against the the, the, the nurse that called him ma'am. A horrible pejorative that is the word mom. Mom. I do believe he'll be um, uh, he'll be using formula, Brad. Um, there won't be any breastfeeding. Um, next, Brad, uh, the award-winning bard or band segment again. This is the um, this is the segment you tune in to see. That's why we put it at the end. It's called the big tease. You sprinkle a little of information around here and there. You give a little nugget, and then you sort of lead up to the grand finale, right, Brad? Like the fireworks, the fireworks, the grand finale, barter band, bronze Stevie award-winning segment. 
this uh, week, Barter Band, Drinking Your Own Urine. Um, that is something that obviously is in vogue these days. Troy Casey, a former Versace model who traveled the world posing for many high fashion labels, including Versace, back in the 80s and 90s, uh, before becoming a life coach, uh, has um, now taken up the cause. He says that the reason he looks so youthful is because he drinks his own urine. He he rubs it on his skin and does other things, obviously, with it as well. Um, if you look at him, he is uh, he. And, and Brad, I'll have you correct me if I'm wrong, but he sort of looks like a poor man's version of the um, uh, of the Marlboro Man. And this guy is a um, uh, a Versace model, and he swears by drinking his own urine and rubbing it all over his skin. Uh, Brad, what say you? Should that be barred or banned, or is that something you may want to try? Buddy, I, I am. I think this one is fairly straightforward. I think you need to bar and ban the drinking of and certainly the massaging into one's skin of your own urine. Now, I'm just, and I, again, I you know no doctor, okay, buddy? I'm no doctor. But my understanding is that your body very specifically produces urine as a waste product. Now, I will tell you, it is certainly true, that in dire survival situations, in order to keep yourself even marginally hydrated, it is possible to see some benefit from drinking your own urine one time. Right, because theoretically, that that first production of urine, once you find yourself in that situation, was largely created prior to being in that situation, and therefore will have a relatively low content of waste products vis-a-vis water, and so you may see some benefit from that. But it is a disgusting thing to have to do, and is should only be done in cases of dire need. Well, Brad, I think we've explored a lot here today, a lot. And I think I agree with you that uh, the practice of drinking and rubbing your own urine on your skin is probably one we don't want to encourage here at IP frequently. Um, I, I think the only thing that could take this thought out of my head is a good Rob Roy, which I'm fixing to get to with you right after this program. But I'm going to agree, barred and banned, maybe this man should be beaten. He certainly should be institutionalized along with the guy that was offended that someone called him mom. But look, we paid tribute to Betty White, and um, that's quite a day. That is quite a day. She will obviously be missed. It has been our privilege and pleasure to pay said tribute, as well as to John Madden and, of course, the late, great Harry Reid. And we look forward to seeing all of you back again next week right here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.